G'day, it's Adrian Bowe and Troy Malcolm on the Adrian Bowe podcast and today we're absolutely delighted to welcome McGrath's number one agent uh, for the last two years running, Matt Stonewood. So g'day, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Great mate, we're really uh, excited and stoked to have you here at Edgecliff office and um, yeah, I mean, just a complete testament to you when I just asked you, Matt, like, what else are you going to be doing in Sydney today? And you're like, nothing, I just drove here for, mm. for this podcast. So it just goes to show the commitment levels, guys, of any agent, and it's just so typical around that discipline and organisation, you know, so it's a true testament to you, mate, for uh, for having keep complete control over your diary. So Thanks, congratulations. Mate. <laughs> um, mate, there's so much to go through and so much that uh, the listeners could, could benefit from from this discussion, but... Firstly, mate, like the obvious question is, you know, your story is just unbelievable and, and it's pretty well documented, so I'm sure you yeah. don't have an issue yeah. talking about it, but you literally came from being homeless and having a bit of a patchy past to like number one agent. <laughs> that's, that's a very nice way of describing it. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like Patch Adams. Yeah, yeah, true, true. But, um, you know, I'm not saying anything that you haven't spoken about publicly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you can say whatever, Bowie. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, but to, to be number one agent in our network and probably, you know, within the top one or two within the country, if not the world. So, yeah. mate, like, you know, it, it's just an unbelievable journey. I mean, what do you say, you know, about your own you know, trip and journey, like from from sort of those days where you're really struggling. You know, like, did you ever see yourself at this point? Was it was something you visualised, or do you just something that you just worked on every day? Well, people don't know this, but I'm sitting across from one of my mentors from many years ago. So, like, thanks, mate. but seriously, you you don't know this, but um, when I was oh, 20, twenty years ago, maybe, yeah, maybe more, yeah. I used to get up at 4.30 in the morning yep. and watch a video over and over again. Right. And it had McGrath's top 10 agents. Right. It was you, Gillian yep. McGrath, Matt LaHood, I think, back yep. then. Um, the the grey haired guy, I can't remember. Oh, Wayne Harker. Wayne Harker. Yeah, and, and I used to sit James there. James Dack. James Dack, yeah. and I used to watch it over and over. And it was an interview with all of you separately. Wow. And I used to just, you know, listen to what you say, but more feel the energy. Right. You know, and I think there's an energy transference when you you study people who have been there. And, right. I, and I did that for years. Terrific. Yeah. And, well, I've got to ask you, mate, did I say anything in particular <laughs> that, 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 that inspired you? You must have. I love you. That's incredible. But did you, did you genuinely see yourself at that time, like, make that conviction and that line in the sand type moment where you're like, I'm going to be there? In 100%. That okay. Like, I knew I was going to be a part of McGrath before I even... Really well. I sent John McGrath a video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, twenty something years ago, saying, "Could I just meet you?" Yeah, and um, that was with the old big video recorder on your shoulder. My mate <laughs> stood there with the old big video recorder. Yeah, and John rang me and yeah. said, "Can you come have breakfast?" And you know, that was the start of it all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the thing that I always get is, mate, you talk about energy and you talk about, you know, um, having an understanding about people's energy. Is that something that's consciously always been part of your DNA? You seem to have clients for life and you seem to resonate with so many people, but I also get that you connect with people first before you even think about real estate or yeah. think about a transaction. Is that something that's just inherently in your DNA or is it something that you've taught yourself over the period of time? I think the criminal world taught me a lot. Right. No, I think it did. Yeah. Like, because it's like survival every day. Yeah. Like this, we're sitting down in Edgecliff here. I can't tell you the amount of times I've been 
like down this street, you know, like off my head, yep. just looking for somewhere to live, like somewhere yeah. to sleep for the night or somewhere to be, like all around here. And I think that survival mode teaches you to quickly work out a situation. Right. Yeah. Does it make you anxious, like just being here looking it at it? To, it took me yeah. about 10 years to come back to To Sydney. drive back, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I can yeah. imagine. Um, but there used to be a video shop across there. Yeah. Many years ago, yeah, right. And I, I had a, <laughs> a video, and I took it back three years later. And the guy chased me down the street, <laughs> like in a rage. Yeah. He was like, "Right on that corner." Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we we almost sort of talked facetiously here, Matt, around like yeah, criminal life, you know, maybe uh, you know, demons around drugs and just a patchy past. But like, there's a lot of people, mate, that are listening to this that. You know, have have also experienced some sort of adversity, and 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 most gone, of us, yeah, most of us, most yeah, of us. totally, totally. And like for someone who's maybe out of momentum or in that headspace, or maybe are still clinging on to that, whereby it happened like five, ten, fifteen, twenty years ago. What do you say to them, mate? Mm. Get over it. Yeah, yeah, probably. Just uh, just is what it is. Yeah. Um, but also, like I think environment is really important. Yeah. Like I do. Mm. When I was only speaking to someone yesterday, a new recruit in our office up there, and I, I was said to them, when we were Rain and Horn, I was number one in Rain and Horn then, yeah. and then we changed to McGrath, yeah. but my numbers for Rain and Horn number one, compared to what you were doing, Bowie, yeah. I think were three times as much. Right. So it might have been 1.2 or something then, but the number, the top 20 of you guys yeah. back then... And it expanded my mind even more. Even being yeah. associated with John mm. and business, our business fought, grew four times because we got to see what other people are doing. You know, like we're, we belong to an environment where it was all about expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with real estate, it's a very contracted environment a lot of the time. Like someone working in a hooker's office with three salespeople and you know, the principles are listed and sell yeah. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. But you can get, you're going to plateau there. Yeah. You know, you're going to plateau. Whereas something like this, McGrath, has really increased everything about us. Yes. Do, yeah. do you believe then that growth solves all issues? If you're growing as an individual, growing as a salesperson, growing yeah. as a business, that actually solves a lot of the second tier kind of annoying little things that we get frustrated yeah, with. 100%. Yeah. Because yeah. like when you focus on growth, you... Yeah, those little bumps and that, like, I mean, how many have we had? So many, you know, mm-hmm. like, along the way. Like, kind of, we sit here and talk about numbers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah how hard it is to write five million a year or four point something million a year. Mm-hmm. It is so hard. <laughs> like, so hard. And Absolutely. 15 years, I wanted to become number one in McGrath, and it was just, I was just so focused on the thing. And I think for about five of those years, I was like number three or five or two, and I have yeah. to go start the whole new year again. Yeah. yeah, like it is that hard. But I was constantly focused on how do I grow to get there. Mm. So you're right, Troy, in what you say. Yeah, it takes away all of the, oh, you know, I'm hurting or this has happened or whatever. Yeah. You know? And we talk about the numbers. I mean, for those that are listening that may not know, Matt, like we're talking that you're responsible in the last 12 months for 200 sales and 4 yeah. million plus GCI. Yeah. I mean, as a single agent, that's... I mean, I know you've got a team and a remarkable yeah. team, but it still is pretty mind-blowing, mate, when, when you think about it. Um, well, the, know, rea- the reality is, Adrian, that most businesses would aspire to achieve that. Oh, half of that. Over three years. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. most businesses, and we've got someone that... Um, is focused on doing that every 12 months and not letting last year's results stop what the future looks like. That, yeah. That's pretty yeah. scary. 
Yeah, and the encouraging thing yeah, yeah. is that you're working in a marketplace where the average sale price is pretty high, like the central car. What does John call it? The, the, the witness protection program. The witness protection relocation area. I'll tell you a quick story. Years ago, before we came to McGraw, John came up to visit us with, um, I can't remember, was it you? Might have been me. I can't remember who it was. And he came to our house. Yeah. And I and I had a little three, and I still have a cottage, but a little three-bedroom, a hardy plank house. Yeah. John stood at the front and went, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can just see, he's come from his $4 million, $5 million mansion, you yeah. yeah. come up our little humble little house, he's like, oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> I, remember, I remember, actually, while we're talking about stories, I remember one, when I was working as John's glorified chauffeur, yeah. I remember one story, we came up, because he was looking, he had a, an idea that he wanted a weekender, like at Pretty Beach. It still does. Yeah. It still does. Yeah. And I never forget this, I remember that we arranged to come up and see you, and you took us around to a few places, and this there was the last one I think was a really small weatherboard cottage, yeah. and it was probably out of all of them that you would say that's the one for John. Yeah. He said I actually really like this one. <laughs> that was the most bizarre. Yeah. It was the whole way home. I was in awe of um, for someone that you wouldn't you atypically think needs to be nice and clean and very much brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the oldest weatherboard and it kind of yeah. had a creek running down the side. Yeah, and I yeah. just never forget that story. And I always, I remember you like, saying... Are you sure? You, you, yeah. That's what you said. Are, are you sure, John? You like this one out of all of them? Yeah. <laughs> that's and, and Matty, just like for obviously people that are just going to be thinking, wow, how do I ever get to even like 80 day deals, let alone 200? I mean... Yeah. We're a big advocate, Troy and I, when we're training around the group, mate, that, you know, really the holy grail in this industry is face-to-face meetings because no magic occurs unless you're face-to-face. So no deals, no listings, no offers, no, you know, no nothing really occurs. And a lot of people tend to focus just on prospecting, but prospecting yeah. is just a means to an end, so you yeah. can have face-to-face. So I know that that's a big part of your business. Um, how many per day would you average, whether it's a buyer appointment or a listing appointment or a vendor meeting? What, what's your day look These like? These days I don't get too caught up in it. Yeah. Like, because the flow is so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, years ago I did. Like, yeah. it's your 30. You've got to do numbers. You can't base your numbers on other people. That's yeah. one thing that I've learned because we're all different. Yeah. It's like the 5 a.m. club. The 5 a.m. club is not a good idea if you're tired. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just not. Yeah. It's like, get up at 6.30 if that's you. Like, my son just called them as my phone was just going off. Yeah. He got up at, to go for a surf this morning at 5 o'clock. I took him down the beach. He was so tired. We went home. There's no waves. Went home. He slept till 8.30. He wakes up and goes, Dad, can I just keep sleeping? I'm so tired. Mm, Do yeah. I have to go to school? Yeah. Like, no, just stay in bed. Listen to your body. Totally. Yeah. 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 So I think we've got to get away from... James Tostevin does 500 calls a week. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. But you do face-to-faces, though. Totally. That's your yeah. whole day. But what I'm saying is Bob yeah. Boland does five face-to-faces. Yeah. But you could do three quality face-to-faces yeah. and kill it. Yeah. But you've got to know what you're doing. So, yeah. like, the role-playing. Like, I, people don't see the stuff that you do outside of that. Yeah. So, I role-played for 15 years by myself in the office, blah, blah, blah. So, I made the most of the face-to-faces. Yes. That's the key. Yeah. So you'd still have it, you'd have anywhere from say two to five then per day. Yeah. Even without knowing about it or by planning, yeah. it just happens. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. It's probably more organic in the conversations that are progressing every time you speak yeah. to someone. They're, yeah. they're making decisions based on that conversation. They're, yeah. not, they're not sitting down going, right, we're going to do this and we're going to follow this process. It becomes more of just a natural conversation that you yeah. progress people through. Yeah. 
Yeah. And activity breeds activity. I just think people don't work hard enough in real estate most of the time. Yeah. Well, on that, um, what, what, how many hours a day would, do you work then, Matty? All day. Yeah. All day. All day. Okay. All so all it's night. a lifestyle. All day, all night. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, it's not the silver bullet, but oh, let me tell you, if you don't put in the hours, it's unlikely you're going to be number one in anything, right? Yeah. So, you know, anything worth working for is 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 going to take some sort of sacrifice. But that doesn't mean you have to encroach on your personal life or your health and fitness because you, you are the testament that, you know, you seem to have a pretty good balance, yeah. which, which is great, but, you know, hard work obviously makes a big part of it. And you talked yeah. about energy, mate, as well. I mean, you know, you energy doesn't always have to be like physical energy as well. I mean, I know you're a massive advocate around, you know, just feeling people's energy and and also, you know, we don't want to get too fluffy, but the whole law <laughs> of attraction stuff, yeah. I, I know you're huge on that. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, and it's sort of got nothing to do with real estate, but everything to do with real estate. So if you could just talk us through, you know, how that works mm. in a practical day-to-day sense for you, that'd be awesome. If, yeah, it has everything to do with real yeah. estate. Mm. So like everything. But the easiest way to think about it is putting yourself in the zone that's all if you just think about it like that forget mm. about vibration and mm. emotions and all that mm. putting yourself in the zone is the key mm. so people get up and they watch the news in the morning first thing sunrise news that's not in the zone yeah, like yeah. you can feel it. you can't watch the news and feel good you no. just can't do it yeah if you get up and watch robin sharma or tony robbins or any of those mm for half an hour in the morning, that's going to set the tone really nicely. The key is carrying that tone through the day. Mm. Because you're going to get a call where Troy doesn't want to list his house, Mm -hmm. you thought you're going to get the listing. Mm. You can't hang on to that. Mm. When you hang on to that and take that through your day, the rest of the day is going to end up like that. It's no different than putting your hand on the stove and it's burning, and you keep your hand there going, that's really burning me. The key is, Mm. have you ever seen really high performers and something happens, they get a call, we're not buying the house or something's happening mm. it hurts but they put a line under it and move on yeah mm. that's the key it's something about and uh, it's that mindfulness of being present yeah you know being really conscious of being present in the situation that you're in but also the bounce back factor which we talk about yeah. a lot I know that I always try and focus if something doesn't go correct or the way that you think it will how long do you allow yourself to actually go right there's the line through it let's move on to the next thing my best, the way that I measure it, is kind of half an hour. Like, if I, if I can be distracted for half an hour, then I know the bounce back will be, right, what activities are going to get me back on track? And I know, that, you know, Dr. Fred's been a big influence on so many of our lives. You know, he talks about 10s, 25s, 50s, 100s. For you, Matt, I know that that means maybe going for a surf or maybe just zoning out. Go to sleep. Go, Go to, to sleep. <laughs> yeah, zoning out in that the, you don't yeah. have to be soul-focused because, like you said, high performers, their standards are, you know, paramount like their standards are kind of Everest level mm. and to keep at that level 100% of the time is, is hard really hard yeah talk to you, you you're gonna hurt so you talk to someone about it ring your mate yeah blow off steam can't mm. believe this happened don't ring another person about it mm. don't talk about it just try and move your mind off of it and that thing will slowly go away that's the key. The more you talk about it, the more you think about it, the more you keep it alive, the bigger it gets. And you're just going to have more stuff in the day, the next day, the next day. Yeah. It's going to continue on. So what, what I'm hearing, Matt, is, is don't provide oxygen to things yeah. that are going to be, going to be disempowering. Okay? Totally. Yeah. Because if you do that, it, it basically manifests, it festers and becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. And, and it'll become part of your energy and part of your vibration to sort of talk in your language. 
yep. which is which is interesting. Mate, like there's a theory which says in order to grow, you got to let go, yeah. and like you seem to have mastered that because you got you know a really great team around you. How hard is it to delegate? each task in order to actually grow. So what I mean by that is, you know, you, once you delegate buyer inquiry, then callbacks and then think, I mean, people think that that might take a step sideways in their business, but it actually allows you to focus just on face-to-face buyers and sellers. So, yeah. you know, is that important for agents to actually master that delegation process? Yeah, for sure, because yeah. we think we're amazing. We're not. Yeah. It's like they've got to grow and become better. But the key is keeping your energy there. Mm-hmm. So, like... Some people get assistance and then do less. Yes. And the assistants almost get a bit disheartened. Like, mm. why am I doing this? Like, because mm. they end up doing all the appointments and running the show and they'll leave. Yeah. My team is so tight. Like, we're always talking all day, every day. And we, we have this thing. We get on the phone and just say, what else? Mm. Yeah. And we just sit there going, what else? What else? What else? What else? Mm. And we literally think of deals all the time. <laughs> what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Yeah. And we say it to each other all the time. And that's the key to keeping the team running really well without being there all the time. Yeah. You know, without being that controlling. And mistakes are going to happen. Mistakes are actually really good. Yeah. You learn from them. 100%. Yeah. We just didn't exchange a contract the other day, 3.3 mil. Didn't exchange it that night. Owner was in Sydney. Didn't exchange it that morning because something happened. The con- one contract was here somewhere. Just about to exchange it. One of my team said to the conveyancer, it hasn't exchanged it. And the guy said, don't exchange it. Oh, wow. So, you know, and I'm like, oh, like, (laughs) and the buyer we've been working with for a year, one of those butterfly buyers, like everywhere, (laughs) finally pinned them down, unconditional contract, holding it. But it's like, I could have jumped up and down and Mm. done all this sort of stuff. But I'm like, no, there's another path for this. Let's just roll with it is what it is. Mm. And, it, you know, it's like my team's got to feel like Matt the Giant's not going to come in and blow my head off. They've yeah. got to have some ownership over it. They're going to hurt just as much. Yeah, yeah. If you can do that, people, like, become... It's like their team. Yeah. yeah. There's an art in that. I think that the most important thing is how agents react when they lose a listing, not how they react when they win a listing. Yeah. So I think... That's just gold in, in, in what you just said there because that could be such the catalyst for blaming, for um, you know, getting Should've into a poor headspace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're just using it as a catapult to say, you know what? That's just that's just something I need to budget for because guess what? It's gonna probably it's gonna happen again next week or the week after. Yeah. And it's just one of like sixteen things that occur in a day of a life of a real estate agent. You get an offer, you get a listing, you lose a listing, you lose a deal. It just happens. So I think a lot of agents delude themselves around how what's involved with that. Yeah. So it's just terrific how you can just budget for it and just just move on from it. I think that's great. And your team's gonna stay with you. It, yeah. It's like you can't rule by fear. I used to. Yeah. Like, you know, you do this, do that, no, no. You can't rule by fear. You've you got to rule by, like, almost allowing. Mm. Um, a lot of my team's been with... One guy's been with you 15 years. Yeah. You know, like, it's... Yeah, when they feel that sense of... I don't know what it is, like... It's like passion and pride, almost, isn't it? Yeah. They, they want to own it, and they will do anything mm. yeah. to achieve the common goal. 100%. Matt, th- th- so many... The most common thing... I meet about 120 new starters in our business every single month. The most common question that I get about high performance is, how do I become the next Matt Steinmeier? Yeah. So that would be, you know, a key question for me on today's podcast would be, if you were looking back now and starting fresh in real estate, what would be some of the habits and rituals that you would get into 
really early on in your career to mm-hmm. build momentum and build a really sustainable, successful career. Yeah, Bowie and I have the same set up but different. Yep. So he came and talked to our office and they're all like, whoa. Oh, this is the session we did with your whole yeah. group. Yeah, they're yeah, still yeah, talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Okay. No, and it's like, core area? Yep. Number one. He's got a database, similar core area, but slightly different core area. Yep. Saturate the heck out of it. Yep. Get people to hate you because you're saturating it so much. <laughs> yep. like, and it's going to take a couple of years. Yep. Then have a few key tools that are going to flip it around so they're going to love you. Once you do that, all of your profile will ripple out. But mm-hmm. saturation means your entire job is prospecting. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, don't focus on too much else. Yes, service buyers and build a database, all this. Mm-hmm. You, you work with the database, Bowie, but yeah. I work with a geographical area. Yes. My whole profile has come because of that. Right. There was an LJ Hooker idea 23 years ago that I heard, and I did it. I followed it perfectly and mm-hmm. added to it, and that's the whole reason I've become successful. Right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, and I think the humility is, 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 is pretty impressive, isn't it, Troy? Like, you know, and even when you talk about me with the prospecting, a lot of people ring me up to and say, Adrian, I heard you 15 years ago say that all you are is a glorified telemarketer, and I still <laughs> call myself that today. Yeah. But it's, it, you need to remind yourself of that because let's face it, as agents, we're not curing cancer. We're no. not, we're not, we're, very few of us, if any, have a tertiary education, right? Yet we are earning or have the ability to earn the same as neurosurgeons, barristers. It's, it is ridiculous when you think about it. It is. Um, but it's a blessing and it's, it's a gift and we need to be grateful about it. Mm. Um, unfortunately, the dark side of it, uh, Matt, as we all know, is that ego piece which falls into mm. it. And mm. it's usually agents that aren't as successful as say, you know, us for the lack of a better term, but, yeah. you know, they, they'll, they'll you know, drive a nice car, get a few runs on the board, and suddenly they, they think they're the, you know, the next best thing. So, I don't know, I mean, that, that's how do agents catch themselves from, from getting to that point or before they get to that point? Yeah, on that note, Bowie, peace of mind is very important. Yeah. Like, so important. It's probably one of the biggest things, I think. Like, don't go buy expensive car. I drive a Land Cruiser. Like, I, you know, I just <laughs> yeah. drive a Land Cruiser. I could buy whatever car. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to keep your... People are not going to list your ha- their house with you because yeah. you drive a BMW 7 Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, they're going to see the stress in your face if you're running to try to keep up with those payments. Mm. I mean, everyone in this room can buy whatever car they want, and that's your choice. Mm. Buy it at the appropriate time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if I had to start all over again, I would like live way within my means. Mm. I'd... Um, ego's a problem, I think, in this business a yeah. little bit. You know, expensive suits and... Um, expensive cars and all of this sort of stuff. Mm. If you can create a model that you're earning way more than you're spending, you're going to have this energy about you mm. that's calm and centered, and people are going to feel that you're not dribbling desperation trying to list their house. Yeah, and you'll sit across from them, and they'll pick up on that more than they will on the Adrian Bow or Troy Malcolm closing line. Yes, hundred percent. I remember you said that to me. Um, there's a lot of uh, like historical just thoughts coming back into my mind one of the first times I sat down with Matt I think at a leadership like a RELC conference 2002 2003 like even before I think actually no sorry it was at the time you guys had just done a handshake agreement to join the business so 2005 the start of 2005 I was working with John and I remember you said something very similar to that it's not about the car you drive it's not about the suit you wear it's not about um, you know what 
blingy things you have, it's all about what you're putting away and saving living within your means. Yeah, that's yeah. something that's resonated with me forever. I don't own a car now. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing is I wear an MJ Bale suit, which is he's very competitive in pricing. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, at least I'm living some of the values that we've shared over the past... God knows how long, 15 years or so. Yeah, but you can strive, you know. You like can strive, strive for yeah, these absolutely, things. But absolutely, absolutely, like yeah. Earlier agents, that definitely. Like, I see too many agents driving, driving BMWs, <laughs> like, and they'd be out of warranty. You go replace a part on that, it's probably more than they earn in a week. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All these things. Anyway, we can go on about that. No, that's fine. Well, mate, as we wrap up, obviously, a uh, hot topic at the moment is price alignment because yeah. agents are just don't have the 60 seconds of courage, call it, just to sit down with their vendor and say, hey, you know, the market has just rejected the the, the price expectation that yep. we've got. You know, we need to repackage, restructure the campaign in mm. order to get it sold. But if you don't want to sell it, that's fine. Let's lease it or we'll do whatever we need to do. So that sounds like an easy discussion, Matt, but why aren't a lot of agents having those discussions with their clients? We've got to do it up front. Yeah. So I just had a training session with my team up there for about an, an hour and a half on pricing. Mm-hmm. And at the moment... It's like people want to win the listing, mm. but an owner will actually choose you if your strategy around pricing is the best and your discussion is the most integrous. Yes. So it's like in my listing presentation, price is number one. Yeah. I don't know what you guys do, but there's trainers out there that say do price last. Mm. Like for me, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I like to sit down and I say to the owner, I guess you want to know how much your house is worth, yeah? yeah? yeah. yeah. And they go, yeah, I just did it yesterday or day before. Mm. And the people go, um, we want 1.75. And I said, it's not worth anything like 1.75. And they're <laughs> like, oh, what do you mean? And I sat there for 20 minutes and worked through exactly what's happening in my core area. So mm. like position of strength. Mm. And in the end, they listed it for, they said, all right, 1.6 is looking like the value. I think I'll sell it today. Mm. You know, it's downward market, McMaster's Beach, small area, um, it's a very thin market, mm. but it's price right. Mm. Yeah. So the pricing issue is an upfront issue. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even go into a listing presentation until you have an owner at least agreeing that you'll revisit price in a week. Yeah. If the response isn't right. Yeah, right. Agreed. And and if the response would be number of inspections, number of inquiries, would that be what you'd gauge as response? This this is the sequence that I would suggest. Like, let's say Bowie wants 1.7, you think it's worth 1.5. You're never going to move an owner off that. I've got a profile up there, so they listen to me a bit more. But Mm -hmm. if you're a new agent, so that's fine. This is what we'll do. We'll do a VIP showing. I'll have a report for you done that night. And we'll go through that, see what the best buyers in the marketplace say there. Then after that, you need a set to sell meeting as well. Mm-hmm. You need to run through an agenda on how the whole process looks. Yep. Then you need to talk to them every single, twice a day, mm-hmm. twice a day for the whole week. And you have an agreement on Saturday afternoon at four o'clock after the first open, but you've spoken to them about 20 times that week. Mm-hmm. That you're gonna assess how it's looking and you're gonna give them clear feedback, written report, internet traffic, yep. comments, um, just and as hard-hitting feedback as possible. Then you're going to sit there and look at them in the eyes mm. and say, 13 people out of 26 that have come through have said this, 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 this about price. Mm. If we don't adjust now, the next week is going to be pretty much the same. Yeah. What would you like to do? Yeah. yeah. They can't argue with that. Mm. But here's the thing. They won't listen to you unless they're emotionally connected to yeah. you and there's evidence. 
Yes. So you've got to literally over-service them for that first week, otherwise they still won't listen to you. Yeah, it comes down to being that trusted advisor. Like, it you does. know, very rarely Matt and Troy will will a client or a patient, you know, not take the advice of a lawyer, of a doctor, or of a you know. So we need to fall into that same space. Yeah. But you're right. We need to have an endorsement piece. We need to be respected. We need to give them evidence and enough compelling information. So when we do say those magic words, Matt, my recommendation professionally as your agent is to accept this offer, then it's said with some conviction, some veracity, you know? Absolutely. And the the key to that, Adrian, is um, that set to sell expectations meeting that after the first five to seven days, if these things haven't happened, I'm going to be having a conversation with you. Totally. Upfront, permission. Permission. Yes, that's fine. But your end of the bargain is because you might not have any offers, Bowie. Mm. Like in our area up there, it's like, like we don't get any offers, even if it's a bit out, it mm. just sits there. So if you've got permission up front, you've always got that back to anchor back to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you don't have that conversation and you try and do it after a week and they're not, they haven't bought into that, they won't do it. Yeah. And you'll go through your 30 days and have to re-campaign it or do blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. end up costing a lot more. Uh, totally. Yep. 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 Great. Well, we could talk forever. I was going to say, this is, I mean, we're very fortunate, Adrian, that we get to sit down with uh, a lot of people that are not only respected and loved within our business, but also the industry as a whole. Um, Maddie, I can't thank you enough. Uh, when Adrian said Matt's on his way, he's just parking, I was actually a little bit blown away because I, I did have the, uh, to be honest, I did have the expectation that um, we would find a way to come to you as reverse because I know how busy you are. Yeah. But I, I, from the bottom of my heart, I mean, we've known each other for such a long period of time this has been such insightful stuff and anyone that's listening to this podcast if they're starting in the industry if they've hit a roadblock if they've hit a challenge or they just want to go to the next level please like matt said re-listen to this the same way that he re-listened to the interview 15 years ago please just continually re-listen to this half hour interview Mm -hmm. every single day for the next six months because you will get the insights of what it takes to be number one Definitely, definitely. And yeah, we really appreciate it, Maddie. And just to finish off, um, it'll be remiss of, of me not to ask, do, do you feel that the McGrath brand has enhanced or, or uh, fast-tracked your career at all? Oh, it's the best. Like, let, let's be real about it. It's had some knocks lately, mm. you know, like, let's, let's be real. Mm. But it's, I've always said it's going to come back bigger, stronger than yeah. ever because it is literally like, I, I wouldn't work anywhere else. Mm. Like, I wouldn't... I, we're, we're all family we say that mm-hmm. um, John is the best mm, like yeah. literally yeah. and he, he has changed my life like yeah. in the, what he's done to pick up like, I, I didn't go to a meeting the other day or the awards night mm. he text, he's texted me about five times since are you okay everything good what's that yeah. Like? Yeah. you know you don't get a you know, guy in charge that no. cares on that level well, I was just saying this morning I had a breakfast with him at 7.30 this morning. Yeah. Same thing. You just don't get access to phenomenal, like phenomenal individual. Yeah. yeah and, and for a 30-year brand to maybe go through a six-week period where there was a few challenges, it's it's a pretty resilient and impervious you know, business to, to actually... And look at it. When you say coming back, like we've already come back. You know, you look at... Yeah, totally. we've, got, we've got 30% of the top agents in the country working for our brand. You know, we've had a massive injection with uh, an equity partner in Aqualand. You know, we're profitable. We've got no debt. We're, you know, we've got heaps of money in the bank. And we've still got people knocking on the door every day wanting to list with us, wanting to 
wanting to join us as agents. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you, Matt, and I know Troy is, that John personally has changed my life as well. Like, I was just, 25 years ago, I was a kid from Maroubra, uh, <laughs> and I'm still, and now... I'm still a kid from Maroubra. Still a kid from Maroubra. <laughs> just, uh, just fortunate enough to, to, to live in Vaucluse. But that's, yeah. <laughs> but that's only because uh, I was given an opportunity, and I worked my, my butt off exactly like you did, Matty, yeah. um, every single day of my life, of my waking life, um, to, to be the best version of myself, you mm. know, and I'm still yeah. doing that every day when we wake up. And I know Troy, Troy's the same, and a kid from the Northern Beaches is, is still, still a kid from the Northern Beaches. beaches, yeah. Northern beaches. So, now, trying, this trying to make it big in the city. <laughs> well, look, hopefully, hopefully, we'll have some people listening to this, but it's actually just three mates catching up, having a laugh. Yeah. 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 there's anyone listening, thanks for, uh, thanks for actually just catching up and allowing three good mates to have a, have a laugh and a good catch up session. But again, Maddie, really appreciate it mate thanks guys yeah thank you thanks